Gateworld.net, your complete guide to Stargate. For Gateworld.net, I'm David Reed, and I'm once again on the phone with the lovely Tori Higginson. Tori, a huge welcome to you, and thank you for taking some time with us. Oh, my pleasure, and thank you for lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Tori, I'm going to be honest with you here. The new season hasn't even started airing yet, and I'm already missing you. Now, the uh, end total, at the end total, how many episodes in season four did you appear in? Well, uh, technically four, but it kind of stretches it. Okay. I would really just like two, but technically four. The opening two-parter, I guess, the Drift and Lifeline? Yeah, I think the first one um, of that, I'm, I'm pretty much just, yeah, asleep for most of it. Okay. <laughs> Some of my finest acting, let me tell you. I was on set earlier this year, and there was a scene of you and Rachel in an isolation room, and I, in an isolation ward, and she was in all the uh, hazmat uh, uh, outfit, and I, so I guess that was from Lifeline? Um, yes, that must have been from the second part of the first two-parter, yeah. Oh, Okay. What is the flavor of these uh, shows like compared to other episodes in which you played a major role? Um, well, I can really just speak of, I mean, I mean it, it felt very similar. I, I think this next season is going to shift, you know, quite a bit with just different energies and different characters and different actors. And, um, but for me, the first one was, it felt very similar to what we've been doing the last few years, and, and the tone hadn't really changed yet. I think it was probably going to start changing after the second episode. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I but I think it's pretty it's pretty similar. I mean, there's obviously you know the tone was different, strange for all of us because we all knew there was more shifts that were happening, and and we were all sort of adjusting to that on our own as actors. But as as characters, it was it was pretty straightforward. Were these uh, changes some good ones? Do you think in the basically improving the integrity of the show in any way? Television is very difficult, and, and Stargate is an anomaly. I mean, you know, f- to have a show to run for 10 years is really rare and very difficult and challenging, and, and I think there has, to be, there has to be a lot of changes to keep things fresh. Yes. Stargate is remarkable because they managed to do it for 10 years, which is kind of the same. I, I know Daniel sort of died and came back at one point, but on the whole, it was the same group, and I, and I think that's quite um, an achievement for them. So, you know, I understand why they did a lot of changes, and I think hopefully it did give a nice sort of fresh breath of air into, into the show. Mm-hmm. Has season four presented you with any acting challenges? Um, a little bit. I mean, there was a, a bit. I mean, there was, really just a, there was really just one episode that I felt very engaged with, and, and, and there was, you know, she had some interesting emotional sacrifices to make. That, that It was lovely to to show that sense of her willingness to sacrifice for everybody. Mm. And, and that was nice. But it, wasn't, it didn't feel like a huge challenge for Trey because it was something very natural to her. I think she's, you know, all those characters have put themselves in a situation where they would die for each other. And mm-hmm. so I think it, it wasn't a huge stretch, but it was very, it was wonderful to have her show that mm-hmm. in one of her last moments. So basically it's her turn to step up to the plate and, and take the bullet. Yeah, for once, maybe giving uh, yeah Rodney and uh, Shepard a break. <laughs> 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 With some of the spoilers uh, floating around, 
and about. It's uh, fairly evident you'll have a good deal of replicator uh, involvement. What uh, are you willing to tell us about that? Hey. Well, I mean, the replicators are such an interesting concept, and, and I, I guess they were first you know, introduced in, in Stardate, and we've had them a few times show up. And, and, and they're quite wonderful, and they're quite wonderful for the sci-fi world, too, because it always means that endless possibilities. Yeah. There is never an end to a story because if one teeny micro replicator cell existed, somehow the entire thing could be recreated. And, and that's quite fun and playful and, and allows people to have all kinds of hopes. And, and so I think it's really great. I, I, was, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that concept a lot. But she definitely plays a lot with them. And, and I think, yeah, I, mean, I think that was interesting because she had that experience with them the previous year in the real world. Right. So she has a very emotional reaction to them to begin with, and she has to sort of grow and, and evolve and, and learn to accept them on a different level, and that, that is interesting. Okay, okay. Did you get to work with David Ogden Stiers at all this year? Yes, we had a fantastic scene, the whole cool of light. Yes, I remember it well now. Um, so yes, I did have that joy, and he is such a joy to work with. It was, um, yeah, very, I felt very, very pleasantly surprised. What can you tell us about the circumstances that led to the decision to have you recurring? Um, I can tell you nothing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a part of the decision, so I, I can tell you nothing about what their process was. I can hypothesize, and, and I, I believe that, you know, to be honest, to be frank, and I don't judge them for it, I believe that there was a loyalty to the Stargate people, and when they knew that show was ending, they tried to find a way to meld you know, to keep their the people that they've been loyal to for ten years alive, and and I I absolutely admire that because there isn't a lot of loyalty in this business. So I, I think that's very that's very great and very gracious of them. And I I think that my character, you know, we never found a place for her, and and I, I think everybody can take a bit of responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously myself included. But so yeah, so I mean, I, I imagine that was it. They kind of thought, well, here's this woman character that we're not really able to explore to her full right, so she's kind of just, I mean, so many of the episodes, I was just there in the background, which wasn't challenging for me, and, and I think they're going, why are we paying this chick, and she's only in for a couple of scenes, so, you know what I mean, it made a lot of sense, I, that's how I hypothesize it, but it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me. Well, not a whole lot to those of us who have enjoyed those nuggets of opportunity for you to really let your light shine on the show. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, you know, not every cast is going to be perfectly compatible and not everyone is going to, I mean, just look at Rainbow. I mean, great actor there, but they, in in 20 episodes, there was just, there there wasn't any room for him to get his own story, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was very, Atlantis was very challenging for them, too, because they had a lot of regular characters. Like, you know, Stargate was really just uh, four main characters. Yeah. And, these, you know, we had so many characters, and it was very challenging. So not only are they writing for two different shows now and doing 40 shows a year, but right. one of these shows has eight regular characters. Mm-hmm. And how do you honor all those stories? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, it did prove a little bit, you know, too much to, to chew off. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for me, I mean, I miss it. Obviously, I miss it. I, it was just a wonderful place to work and a wonderful environment and, and beautiful actors and the crew was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And um, and the fan stuff, you know, I, I'm still blown away by the amount of support. 
me, it's a good move because I would rather be somewhere and be working than, right. you know, sort of dip my toes in every once in a while. So right, yeah. That's what I meant by it. It all sort of worked out for the best because I think out of all the other, you know, characters as well, it might have been a bit harder for them. And so, you know, I think it was sort of a, everybody understood that that would be the least painful. Right. Well, I mean, everyone has to feel needed and utilized, you know. I mean, that if you're you're there to act, you're not there to hold up a a scene as an authority figure. It just you have to be able to shine a little bit. Now, this uh, this change um, in in Weir's character. Let's let's just put the reality aside for a second. There has has this offered the character some some uh, significant uh, responsibility in terms of story. Um, well, a little bit. I mean, she's, yeah, uh, definitely a little bit. I mean, she, some, a, a situation happens that really she's the only one that can solve it. And, okay. and, and the solution of that is, is, you know, takes great courage and, and a great sense of, of sacrifice. And, and so it's, we get to, but I think, again, that, that was inside of her. I think she was, you know, she's had a sense of sacrifice from day one of being willing to show up there and, and, you know, they all have give up their lives and move to this place and, and be willing to you know, risk their lives on a, a weekly basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, I mean, I think that is in her, but it was she's always been surrounded by people that are more capable in that exact moment of what that crisis needed. Right. And in this moment, she's the only one capable of actually solving it. So it was nice to to explore that, to show that, that also to show that it wasn't that much of a hard Yeah, right. So insane. It's just, no, that's easy. No-brainer. So basically there was just no hesitation on her part. This is the only way to save my people and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Last time I talked with you, um, you said the next time we chatted I should ask you about Sunday. Now, it's very obvious why you, hes- why you were hesitant last time, basically, because everyone had to sign NDAs to get the script. Um, yeah. But uh, I'd like to punch in that conversation now, if I may. Have, have you seen the aired episode? I have. What do you think? Well, I mean, as as uh, I mean, you know, it was a hard one, and that was a hard one as an actor because we were all very sad to see Paul go, and it was very, you know, difficult, and 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 it was confusing because we were all sort of sensing that was the beginning of sensing. There's all kinds of shifts and changes mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. What's happening? And the other shows being canceled, so everyone was feeling you know, sad and compassionate towards Paul, but I think everyone was also feeling a little bit insecure towards what does this mean and where are we headed. And yeah. and at that, at the same time, we all enjoyed the shooting of it so much because it was one of the first episodes that it was us off the clock and allowing to see the friendships that have, you know, the not sort of formal friendships that have uh, been allowed to nurture. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. But, and I, I was sad at the last scene when he was being carried out with the bagpipe. Yeah, yeah. Was that difficult to shoot? It, you know, in a way, it, it wasn't, in a weird way, I mean, it wasn't difficult to shoot because it was difficult to, I mean, you know, there's a fine line between doing the characters every day and the other actors doing their characters, so the line between the actors and the characters, when you're working, gets very thin, which yes. is great. And so it didn't take a lot of acting because we were truly mourning the loss of Paul. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't difficult to act, but it was emotionally difficult, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. But even um, past all of the uh, the sad, the loss, uh, you know, we really had uh, 
a chance to see your character grow some as well. I know. I like that. I like her being all giddy with, with Rachel, with Taylor. <laughs> Me, it was so, like, we just never seen her like that at all. So I just decided to just sort of kind of go for it and just be really awkward and, and just see her all. And that was great fun to do. And he was such a wonderful actor, and he made it really, you know, they told me at first he was a younger, a younger actor, and I was really upset about that because I said, don't make her go for young boys. That's yeah, the <laughs> that's like, not the right message to send about a leader. Yeah, not at all. Like, she, she wants somebody smarter than her and strong, and, you know, so I was a bit worried, but he walked in and his energy was grounded, and, and, yeah, I thought he, it made sense as to why she was do you think Weir's relationship with Mike would have had a chance, or do you think he was uh, just dame of the week to him? I think that, that was thrown in in that episode to be a little red herring, to take away from what was actually the episode about losing Paul. Mm-hmm. I think that if they had decided to, you know, if they knew at that point that Weir was going to continue... They kind of also made it clear within that episode of her, you know, her saying, I can't do it. I, I, there's no extra spare time. Yeah. <laughs> no spare emotion or spare parts of her brain to get, you know, in a tizzy about somebody. Yeah. And so then if, if you're not emotionally engaged with them, then it's just sort of, you know, physical and she's not going to do that because, you know, so, so I, I think it wouldn't have worked anyway. I think that it would have just been laid to rest, and, and we wouldn't mm-hmm. have seen it. Mm-hmm. Do you think someone like Weir is just destined to live her life alone, or while she's on, while she's during her time of service, there's just no chance for it? Well, I kept hoping for those, you know, as I mentioned in a few interviews, I kept hoping, hoping for those uh, planets with lots of cute um, male aliens. <laughs> Rachel and, and Weir could get off on. Because then that's, you know, it's outside of the base, it's just a one-off, and don't have to worry about future repercussions. <laughs> All of the, the planets are cute girls and, and no cute boys. Um, <laughs> what about Richard Kind? <laughs> oh, heart throbs. <laughs> oh, just a mention. I've got all sweaty palms now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think she's got a great capacity for love. I think if she survives this experience and finds herself back on Earth, she would um, engage in a relationship. Yeah, I think she's got a lot, to, a lot of love to give that woman. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to think of her as being alone for the rest of her life. Right. Well, I think one of those, one of the telling scenes uh, was with uh, the return, you know, at the, near the end of the return part one, she was so isolated. And, yeah. you know, Beckett was just pushing to get her out of, out of her apartment. You know, the only That's thing on true. her mind, yeah, I mean, she wanted to write a book and a book that no one could ever read. And that <laughs> had to have been frustrating. <laughs> That was, I love that line. I love that line of Paul's when he says that to her. I'm back in second. Who's going to read this? Cause it was. She was just completely in her own bubble of, you know, recognizing. And it was so frustrating because it wasn't as if Atlanta's had yeah. disappeared. It was still there. Yeah. So that's why I think they couldn't let go of it was just this idea of it's still there and the ancients are there. And yeah. that's why I went there to begin with. I wanted yeah. to understand their you know, more about our culture. I wanted to understand about their race. I wanted to. So because all that was going on and she was sort of, you know, sent to her corner in the room, that made it much more difficult to let go. Yeah. But I well, think she would have the ability to let go if, you know, if, yeah. 
Well, you know, after I'm a writer myself, and after such an experience as that, you would have to you would have to expel some of that onto paper or onto like a computer or something, even for yourself, you know, because what you experienced over the course of those two years was more than most people experience in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's very true that you would have to process it on some level, and you can't go to a therapist and process it because no. it's all <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, so I agree with you. I think that that you know, and she obviously does a lot of you know writing. That she comes from an academic world, mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. it made a lot of sense that that's how she was trying to process everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are some of your other favorite episodes from last year? When we last, tra- when we last talked, the real world was just about to air. Mm. Well, that one definitely was one of my favorites, I mean, for various reasons. One, got to work with Richard Dean, which is always a pleasure. Yes. Um, but yeah, the real world was a great, for me, a great challenge because of the Richard Dean, obviously, and because also, I mean, it just was a bit more, to see this character vulnerable was wonderful, and to see her vulnerable and then fight also still no... And to see her give up, I like that at one point she gives up. She goes, mm-hmm. you know what, this fighting thing, it's too, because we all feel that. We all have days that we go, oh, I'm just too tired. I'm too tired to fight it. And, and I thought it was very human that they let her give up and then fight again. Mm-hmm. And then had to be re-inspired and had to be had to the connection. And so that was, uh, that was a great, yeah, that was a great. It was a challenging episode to do. It was nice to read the script and go, can I do this? And, yeah. and uh, that's nice to feel. Yeah, exactly. Now, Weary was involved in a pretty heavy stunt in First Strike, uh, shattering, you might say. Um, what Was any part of you interested in doing that stunt yourself, or was it just too dangerous that they would never have let you? Well, they would have never let me. I always say, oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. I love that kind of stuff. I really do. And I love, you know, harness work, and I love that stuff. But, um... There's no way in hell they would have let me do that one. It was a okay. very dangerous one. And she was amazing. She did yes. such a good job, that woman. She's just great. And she was actually, I worked with her on The Real World and uh, got to know her a bit then. And, yeah, just just was wonderful. And it, it was so shocking. And once I saw her do it, because I was crouched behind watching it when they shot it, and I just went, no, I'm glad I didn't do that. Oh, really? So you were there, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they never would have let me, ever, ever, ever. But after I saw it, I had to, you know, admit that, you know, they were right never to let me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I couldn't have done. It was very intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What uh, do you think Weir's lasting legacy uh, on the Stargate universe will be? Aww. What do I think Weir's lasting legacy? Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh dear, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I like that question. I don't know if I have an answer for it. Presuming there's no season five, I mean, we, we never, we just don't know at this point, you know. Yeah, no, we don't, right? Um, yeah. What would her lasting legacy be? I'm not sure. I mean, I hope it would be her. That you know, if they continue on and she's never back, that, that they recall her desire to really listen to every side. Mm-hmm. To, to not act offensively for the whole, you know, it's to really the diplomat. Mm-hmm. That I hope that, that that is continued in whatever negotiations they have. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that she inspired them, to, you know, that occasionally they, you know, recall and go, gosh, we would have, she would have listened to those crazy aliens on that planet mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. before we shot them. So yeah. I guess that, 
just a little bit of, of female nurturing compassion and, and diplomacy. Yeah, a voice of peace and of reason. Yeah. That's a much more poetic way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tori, do you have any conventions on your radar right now? You know what, I've got a few, actually. I just missed one in London I was so sad about. Um, but I've got another one in London I was thinking of doing in October, but I think I'm going to say no to that because I've got work here. But there's right. one in Connecticut, I believe, end of October, beginning of November I'm doing. I'm also doing a charity one here in L.A. And then there's one, hopefully, fingers crossed, in Reunion Island. Okay. Uh, at this time, so looking forward to that. But I think I'm going to try to do one in late January in London because I missed going to see my family and everything last month. Oh, okay. They're in London? Um, well, my family's mostly in Wales, but some of my cousins are in London, so, yeah. Okay. Which charity? It's the Motion Picture Charity Alliance, and it benefits all... They do it every year. It benefits usually one Canadian, one American, um, different charity. In Fantastic. Yeah, it's the Actors, um, Canada's Act- Actors' Equity Fund, and down here, I think it's the American Heart and Stroke Foundation. Oh, okay, good deal. That's fantastic. Great. Um, and what other shows can fans expect to find you in in the next few months? Um, well, I just shot an episode of NCIS, okay. which was really enjoyable. And I just came back. I canceled the um, our talk this morning because I had an audition for a new series called The Journeyman, which was very exciting series. I'm going back to Vancouver this weekend to reshoot a couple of scenes from those gorgeous Smile of April girls, the little Frenchie fam, bless their hearts. <laughs> so keeping myself busy, which is nice. Good. Yeah, all right. And one little one we can't get by without asking about. How's Sedgwick doing? Oh, bless your heart. Um, she's doing great. She's actually, to be honest, she's been sick down the dumps the last few days, and I'm not quite sure. I think she knows I'm going to Vancouver this weekend. Yeah. As soon as I bring up my suitcase, she gets really sad. Yeah. Does someone take <laughs> care of her? Yeah. Yeah, no, she's got a, a large support group around her, so she's good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, Tori, we really, um, wish you all the best in your, uh, in your new adventures. Uh, a lot of us are sorry to see you go, you know, but, uh, you know, you have um, to. Can I say quickly? I'd love to say quickly too, because I have been blown away by so much support from the fans, and you know, some Gate World stuff, and some people have found my MySpace page, and and I kind of I'm not a big internet person, but I just sort of jumped on every once in a while, and and some of the letters I've got, and I just want to send such a huge thank you and like crazy huge hug <laughs> to all those people because it really is wonderful. Because no matter how you know. It, it's a very strange business to be, you know, to be in work and out of work, and mm-hmm. and it just meant so much to get just resounding support from people, and and please let them know how much I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. You know, I mean, you've got you go in for horrendous hours and words on a page, you know, that you have to pour life into, but somehow you manage to to change a lot of people's lives, you know, and that's I can't imagine that's got to be just so humbling. <laughs> I think it's wonderful if people find something in you that inspires them. And that's what I find amazing about all of the science fiction fans is how creative they are and how, you know, they don't just sit back and watch a show and love the actors. They, they get inspired mm-hmm. and they create artwork and write plays and write scripts. And, and it's so inspiring. I mean, I find that inspiring. So it's just this wonderful little cycle, circle that goes around. Mm-hmm. Wormhole disengaged. 